Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Inspired Mind Podcast with Ella Victoria. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined with one of my best friends, Jess, but you might know her from Instagram. She's known as Health Within Reach. She is a PT, as well as her being one of my really good friends. She also basically trains me and writes me a program. Well, so a beautiful intro. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. I completely just like basically introduced you, but tell us, you. <laughs> tell us who you are, Jess. Well, you summed it up very nicely. I am a nutritionist and personal trainer. Um, I started off in the nutrition world, but fell into PT and have a good love for it now. And yeah, I do all things from one-on-one personal training, online coaching, uh, recipe development, content creation. Yeah. But her main thing is basically being a PT and she yes. has a business with her partner, Matt, mm-hmm. called Embodied Coaching. And yeah, but you're kind of like making your way into more of the online world now, I feel like. Yes, yes. We very much established Embodied Coaching, which is our like physical gym. Yeah. And now I'm very much coming back to like Health Within Reach, which is like my roots for my own brand a bit more. I ask all of my guests before we get into the chat, what's been inspiring them lately? So let us know what's been inspiring you. What's been inspiring me? Um, I feel like my biggest like source of inspiration at the moment comes from Reformer Pilates. Mm. So I'm actually a Pilates, like a Matt Pilates coach. Yeah. And I do some one-on-one performance with my clients, but I have kind of got out of touch myself with Reformer Pilates for a while. And I've just in the last maybe two months started going to a new Reformer gym and I am loving it. And just like the feeling of A, going in the mornings, it's like 10 minutes from me. So I walk there yeah. in the mornings. It's really like peaceful, especially in this beautiful weather we've had. And I can just like go do my session. Not to say it's necessarily relaxing because it's very intense in a good way. But then I get my sort on in the morning. I come home and I'm just like ready for my day. Mm-hmm. And I guess anyone who trains knows that feeling of like yeah. that clear mind after doing exercise. But like that's what's inspiring me at the moment and keeping yeah. me inspired. It's a nice routine as well, especially Such since nice it's routine. so close to you. Yes. Walking there like, is so nice. 
nice. That lifestyle, it's the best. Like, Having yeah. everything on your doorstep, like yeah. you just can't beat it, honestly. Yeah. Since we've moved recently, we're quite central and that's such a nice feeling. Because I yeah. grew up in like a suburb that's very like out of the way. So it's very nice to mm. be central. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when renting. I'm like, if I'm going to be renting, I want to be central. So yeah. That's really nice. For sure. I also think it's nice to just change up your workouts every so often as well. I yes. feel like that just re-inspires you in general. Yes. It's like, 100%. it makes you excited to then do your other workouts as well because you're changing it up. Yeah. Yeah. A side note as well, second thing that's inspiring me if I'm allowed to, when you get new active for I bought some new activewear oh. this weekend. Isn't that just such a game changer? Yeah, <laughs> literally. Where's it from? Uh, Lilo Active, which is ironic since my dog's name's Lilo. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, I guess that's what's been inspiring you lately. And you have been working on a bunch of different projects lately. You have your own business, Simply Daisy. But then now you're actually releasing your own beginner program. Well, it's yes. been released. Just released. Yes. Yes. So, so exciting. So I really wanted to focus in this episode and talk a lot about um, tips for beginners and stuff because of that. I know for for me, I'd find this really interesting to hear some tips because like at one point I was a beginner in the gym and it can be very overwhelming. A hundred percent, definitely. Especially in the world of like Instagram now or social media, I guess. Like when I first started as a personal trainer, you were getting people through word of mouth or making business connections, which you're still very much doing now. Mm. But I get so many more people coming to me through Instagram or things like that who reach out. And a lot of the time it is people who are like, I've never stepped foot in a gym or need advice in regards to that. Mm. And I feel like that's where I have enjoyed coaching the most as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I've got plenty of clients that have been with me for like five plus years doing quite advanced things. It's also really interesting too. Mm. But I just feel like there was a bit of a gap in the market for that a little bit too I feel like there's Mm. like there's endless programs and people posting on social media being like try this try that like you know we've seen it all before yeah but I feel like as a beginner that's where it's the most important to set the foundations and Mm. I feel like you know when you see workouts on Instagram and things like that for someone who is a person who's been in the gym like a gym goer who knows to an extent what they're doing or has some confidence in the gym you can see an Instagram workout and be like, cool, I could try add this in or I could play around with that. That exercise looks cool, yeah. Mm. But as a beginner, you're looking at all these things, probably feeling more and more overwhelmed. So I feel like having something that's just clear cut with lots of education and lots of um, kind of instruction to it mm. is just the best place to start and have it all in one place. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind been, of what inspired it. It's been so helpful for me, like having you write up a program for me. It's been an absolute game the changer. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was you were like the original, you. like back to the basics program person. Yeah. Well, I, I literally remember saying to you, I'm like, I feel like more people need to do this who are beginners because like you have no idea what to do when you first go into the gym. It can be very overwhelming, but if you have someone telling you what to do, it first of all validates that you're doing the right thing, like you're doing the right exercises, so you don't have to second guess that. Yeah, um, and takes the thought out of that too. Yeah. Like you can walk in and it's done. You don't have to be like, where am I going? What am I doing? You're yeah, right. exactly. and then you're actually doing the correct stuff and going to be making progress with it. Yeah, it's so no so helpful. Guessing. So let's take a step back and backtrack and chat about how you got into the industry because. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a journey. Oh, it's been a journey. So I'm trying to think when I first got into the industry. So when I finished school, I started doing a university degree in Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition. Wanted to be a dietitian. That was the like original goal. And about three quarters of the way through my degree, I started working like as a kind of assistant nutritionist at a gym. Mm -hmm. And I really was enjoying like the nutrition fitness side of things. And I was also doing a bit of a work experience with some dietitians to kind of getting a feel for like a private practice setting and like a hospital setting. And although very interesting, I kind of straight away got the like, this isn't for me feeling. Mm. It was the medical side of things. Although, as I said, very enjoyable for some. 
just wasn't my jam. And um, I was loving integrating the two. So when I finished my degree, I started working as a nutritionist at a gym and then really found a passion for the training side of things. Because I only started training myself probably when I was about 18 19 kind of the second half of my degree yeah some of this is new for you this is before we knew each other yeah (laughs) um so I feel like it all kind of tied together at the same time really nicely for me and as I was working as a nutritionist in a gym there became openings to like become a group trainer so I did end up doing my cert three because they had some kind of need for trainers there and I was like oh I can jump in that sounds like fun kind of earn some money while I keep finishing my studies and whatever else or while I'm working as a nutritionist here too and then just really fell in love with it, enjoyed that, and was like, okay, I go on to do my like PT certs. And it just kind of fell into place from there. And before I knew it, I was just kind of wanted to be a part of the world through both aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of helping with the onboarding of new clients, helping them develop kind of with like an initial consultation for the nutrition side of things, mm. but then taking them through their workouts and then learning more about strength and development and everything that came with that too. If you had told me when I finished school that I was going to be a personal trainer, I, I would have laughed. Like, I never would have picked that for myself. So it was, it's a very interesting way that it fell together. Very much when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I feel like sometimes <laughs> the job chooses you yes, in a way. Yes, it really, really did. Yeah. Like, you've just got to follow what you like. Yes. And, and I was never someone sporty. Like, I enjoyed sport and I played sport. Yeah. But I would never say that I was someone sporty at school or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you had someone in your like school you could picture who was like, did all the sports and you'd be like, yeah, they'd be yeah. a good personal trainer. You know yeah. what I mean? But I feel like... Not just the physical side of things. I fell like in love with the technical side, so the programming and like the real technical side of that, and also like the mental health side of it. Mm. Like I, I know yourself as well. You're a big mental health advocate, but like the feeling of clarity and peace after I train or during training mm. is the number one thing for me before physical health, before anything yeah. else. That in itself, like it just all came together so nicely. Yeah, so and that's I feel like how that's it happened. A big goal that you have with your business as well like that's something that you want to get across to people 100%. that like health is literally within reach and that like yes that's exactly that ended up I remember training a client one day and I was trying to come up with like a name for my business mm. and she was like to me I feel like a good slogan because I was kind of saying I want it to be like something that's attainable for everyone that it's yeah. not something that's too hard to achieve or it's not like this big instruction manual it's very much yeah you know anyone could achieve it and she was like a good slogan would be like health within reach and I was like that sounds great I was like, is that too long for a business name? And that's how it all came about because we were trying to chat about like what I kind of stand for. And it's exactly that, like realistic, enjoyable health. That's your own version, whatever that might look like. There's no set path. Benefits for your mental health, your physical health. Exactly. And there's no set days in the gym or there's no set foods you can and can't eat. It's finding Mm -hmm. your own path to get there, whatever that looks like. Yeah, because everyone's got different goals. And that's the thing as well with like programming that's so good as well. Like you can have a program for you, you know? Exactly right. Like for me, I have recently got into running and then you've tailored my program for that to help me with building my strength around um, my legs and stuff that will help me with my running and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Having a bit more like a hamstring focus. I remember when we first added your calf raises in before your run. Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, she changed my program and I was like, okay, I'm doing running. So I need to like, you know, do more exercises to help with that. And then I literally started the program the week before going into a supplement to surf. We we didn't plan it well. We really didn't. Um, start that on the right day. Yeah, to be totally fair. <laughs> yeah, well, I just didn't think about it, and you weren't yeah, at the gym no, with me I wasn't either. with you at the time. Yeah. I think if you were there, you might have been like, "Ella, maybe don't do that." Yeah, <laughs> and it was kind of like you were like, "Would you for a new program?" I was like, "How many times have we gone through it?" Cool. I wrote yeah. the new program, and then I was kind of just like, "Off we went." Yeah, not really accounting for the fact that you were doing that 
run two days later. But then I went and my calves were so sore. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry to divert. My point basically was that like there's so, so many programs for different things. Yeah. And I think your main goal is honestly just to make people enjoy fitness, isn't it? It's like 100%. tailor it to what you like and exactly. help and enhance like, your so lifestyle. So much like skill development. Like as you said, it can go into so many different parts. Like there's more like gymnastics, body weight aspects, running. Like there's just so many, even Pilates. Yeah. Like obviously I love my Pilates. So there's elements of that that I bring in as far as your glute work and your core work and how that all ties in together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's the process then like with making a program for someone? So you've sat down with me before as well. So like you've yeah. seen you've seen me in my element. Very much the way I like to look at a program is to make sure you're ticking all of your movement patterns. So this goes from anyone from a beginner to something more advanced. And I think a lot of people will kind of have a basic understanding if they've been to the gym before of this Mm. as far as people doing say like an upper body or a lower body day or like a push and a pull and things like that but getting even more technical than that so like a horizontal push or a vertical push things like that um when it comes to your core work like working on anti-extension anti-rotation like are you ticking all these boxes versus just yep i did some core work today your core is not one muscle there are multiple muscles that work in different patterns and different movements And I think that's a big understanding. So when I write a program, literally writing a list of all the movement patterns, how I want to tick those off with what movements. Mm. And that's like my base of my program. And then I go from there as far as adapting it to days, if it's a full Mm. body day, if it was a like upper body, lower body split or how it's kind of going to be written from there. It's literally like a puzzle. Yeah. You're putting the puzzle pieces together and you're having to make everything like fit nicely. Yes. Yes. And obviously like there's a lot of knowledge that goes into that that's come in time. For a personal trainer... Depending, look, there's a lot of new courses out there now that it might be different. But back when I was studying to be a personal trainer, the courses are very basic. They give you a very a, a very basic knowledge of how to put together a very, very, very basic program. Yeah. And they don't give you a whole lot. As a personal trainer, like a, a new personal trainer, you don't have that much knowledge. So yeah. it's so important going out there and learning more. Like uh-huh. I've learned so much through the places and people I've worked with, like little mini courses I've done, things like that. Even Matt's been like, he, if you saw him in his element, I, I've got partner. nothing on him when you see him, like when he's on, he's on, it's great. And like just being open to learning things from other people and being open to knowing that you're not the best in the industry. There's always mm-hmm. people that are going to be better, know more and you want to keep learning. And I feel like through that, I've gone from a personal trainer who knew very little to where I am today and mm. understanding as we're talking about the movement patterns and making sure that we're ticking all the boxes in programming. Yeah. How we're warming up, all the elements to it. There's just obviously so much to it. Yeah. I've noticed a big change in my overall strength and even my like physique and my muscles and stuff since doing your program because I am like actually working everything. Yes. <laughs> Whereas 100%. before when I was doing my own thing, I'd just go in and do whatever. And you're probably of. ticking some things yeah, repetitively, but not hitting all elements like we said and I think a huge thing for you as well has been how you're warming up yeah you're mobilizing the right muscle groups or things that are tight for you or need work for you personally and things that are going to work well for the exercises you're doing in that session when we found like for your squat for example like the way you've been warming up for your squat Mm. has worked wonders in how you're squatting like how your squat was back when we were training like outdoors like two three four years ago three years ago maybe I should post on the Instagram a before and after but you have helped me improve my squats so much to be fair you've put all the work in as well thank you but like (laughs) I wouldn't have known what to do like what stretches to do beforehand but like now I can get really really deep and everything with the squats I think as we've spoken about many a times and how you're warming up is very important I think from what I see on social media and elsewhere and of course there's lots on social media there's it's great for inspiration and things like that so not trying to downplay that because that's awesome Mm. but there's a lot of jump on a cardio machine to warm up 
And warming up isn't necessarily physically temperature warming up. Mm. A lot of that has to do with mobilizing the right things. And you know what I mean? So if we're going to go do a squat, you walking on the treadmill for, my, for five minutes isn't really going to help that at all. Not to say if you if you enjoy warming up on a treadmill, go for it. But also yeah. make sure you're chucking in some things to mobilize through your hips, through your ankles, the things that you're going to actually be needing movement in when yes. you squat, you know, or for example. So how should people figure out what they need to do beforehand? I think a lot of this is going to come down. It's not general information that people just know day to day. So it might be whether investing in a program, following someone on YouTube, Instagram, wherever it may be that can kind of has that sort of information out there. There's lots of really good platforms. It's just a matter of kind of sifting through some of the not as educational stuff if that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> to understand like, yeah, what warm-ups are needed for what things. But I think from a logical standpoint, when you're doing, say, a squat as that example, thinking about what joints are moving. Because it's a lot of the time it's about mobilizing the joints more so than just stretching your muscles mm-hmm. as well. So in a squat, you think about like the depth your hips need to get into when you're in the bottom of that squat or your ankle flexibility. Like we've spoken about with you with like the elevation of plates lifting up onto your heels, helping you get more dorsiflexion in the front of your ankles, things mm-hmm. like that. I think that's kind of the way you want to be thinking about things and yeah. things that are going to mimic that pattern versus just, are oh, my legs feeling warm as a whole? Like there's just so much to it. Like I would watch myself do a squat and I'd be thinking I'm doing it correctly, but you would look at it and be like, oh, and then maybe like add some plates under your ankles and things like this. Like I just wouldn't even know. And it's know. not even that you, what you're doing is wrong or going to injure you or anything like that, but it's like, how can we make this better? Like how can we get you a little bit more depth yeah. so you're working your strength through a greater range of motion, yeah. things like that. And I'm just going to keep plugging your program, by the way, throughout this episode, just because I <laughs> Whenever it's, it's like, like, where can you find more? No, you know where to find I, more. It's just, it's just relevant to what I'm about to say. But yeah, something that I think is really good is that on your program, on the app, you can video yourself and upload a yes, video yes, of yes, yourself yes. doing the exercise so you can like I can correct see and yes. you can be like, oh, okay, maybe like try doing this and that. And you can actually and correct people virtually. And I also love virtually. on the app when you do that, it shows my demo video alongside your video. Yeah. So then you can see those side by side too for a bit of a comparison of like how your squat is looking compared to like the demo squat and things like that. Yeah. To be able to see a bit of a side by side as well. That's yeah. been so helpful. Yeah. I mean, I know I've been doing the same program for a few weeks now, but I still like watch the videos like every single time. For just sure. Because I They're just there to, to jog your memory. And I think it's important because like in my videos i've got voiceovers on like them so you're going through i'm literally talking you through mm. as if i was there with you so you could literally plug in your headphones and listen to that as you squat or as you do your movement yeah and then go through a bit of like a mental checklist mm. of like you know am i doing this is my setup looking like this etc mm. and mm. i think it's like you know when you watch a movie for a second time third time and you like pick up all these little things that yeah. you missed it's the same sort of concept i'm such a visual person if you just wrote down the exercise and we're like do this i'd be like what yeah. do i do and like, i think well that's why the video is there exactly it's got the exercise name but i feel like so many people like see the exercise name and they're like what like it might be third time through and they're like what's that one again yeah and some of these exercises are exercises i've never done before because yeah. like they're not your standard exercise i feel like everyone would know that like, yes. something that like pts 100%. would understand a bit more you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so i've learned so many new exercises through you and that's a, that's so a good. thing too like we've spoken about how you want to be seeing progress in the sense of like doing things repetitively but like having variations in there that work in the same patterns but in a different way so you're getting yes. variety in there too for enjoyment because it's finding yeah. that fine balance of like what you need as far as your strength movement patterns etc and what yes. you enjoy got to find that balance otherwise yeah. there is no fun in it <laughs> i remember another thing i said to you when we had like our little meeting before you made my program is that I don't really like having to set up too many things. Yeah. That was another yeah. request that I had. A lot had. of people say that too. Yeah, I was like, can you please make me a program that's like not too annoying to set up? Because yeah. I 
hate when you have to just set up all of these different things constantly. It can be exhausting, but it can also be like quite anxiety provoking, especially for someone new in the gym. Having to have multiple pieces of equipment, having like a big area to use or needing a bench and a bar and dumbbells and lots of things at one time can be quite overwhelming too. I know. I think that's what I found before. I'm just like, I just want to stick in my corner and be able to be there and not have to go all around the gym. And I think that's exactly what I had in mind when I designed the Back to the Basics like beginner program was that I wanted to slowly introduce you to different equipment. So it's like, not to say that it's all body weight or anything like that, but it's like the first session you just might need one or two dumbbells. The second session might be just like one barbell. Mm. And then eventually as we progress into the next block four weeks later, it's like, okay, now we need something a bit more advanced. So you're getting Mm. to use more equipment, but it's over time. So you're feeling more comfortable as you Mm. do it versus me just chucking in the deep end and being like, you need everything. And like over time as well, you learn so many alternatives as well, like alternative options for say a certain exercise, because sometimes say a machine won't be free or there just might be a reason you can't do that specific exercise. And like, you've really helped me with that as well. Like there's so many different hacks. Yes, yes, definitely. And that's like why I've got all the extra like coaching videos in there too, for the extra stuff that's like outside of the typical like demo and instructional videos of the exercise itself yeah so little hacks like why we put plates under your heels or why we do certain things Mm. or like how to do this instead of this or so what tips do you have for a beginner if they're feeling anxious about going to the gym because obviously we know that you could sign up to a program that's really great but like what other things can you do yeah so i've actually on my website little self-plug but got a a little downloadable um pdf where it's gone through a couple of tips if you're like first time in a gym or starting a new gym or even if you've been in a gym for a while but still just yeah. don't feel comfortable and a couple of these things were things like going up to the staff at the reception and just asking for a gym tour get them to just recap where everything is show you how to use some things you might not know how to use gyms if you're listening can you make a map and like put it yes. at the front and like, like have a 3D that 3d walk you know they do that with open home sometimes yes or yes. just eat actually i didn't think about that because they one. do like a virtual walkthrough like i've looked at some when we were moving that like, is yeah. such a good idea because i think if you were signing up to the gym and you could see a virtual walkthrough that would help so 100%. much and even like i mean if you want to take it to the next level it'd be good if you could like click on the piece of equipment and, and then it see what it you, is like, how to use it or something or just like what the name is <laughs> yes. or something with a little description yeah. yeah wouldn't that be amazing like i just think are you listening gyms <laughs> like literally like why is that not a thing yeah because i think there's some gyms that have so much equipment as well and you're just like what the heck is that and there's lots of new more like fancy fun equipment that's been coming into gyms too that look even more overwhelming yeah. than traditional like yeah. all the, like hip thrusting things and whatnot which are awesome but like they're even more different than the typical yeah so yeah i mean i guess you can make your own video yourself just go around and, like sneakily yeah. like film it you could just say oh do you mind if i film this while we go through so yeah. that i remember it for next time sort of thing i don't think yeah. anyone would be bothered by that especially the True. start of the gym you're in and, and then, then you can like watch that back when you get home before you go the next yeah, time you can plan. pause it zoom in on things to see hey i need dumbbells oh they're in this corner yeah i need a trx where are the handles for that you know what i mean yeah so you're not because there's nothing worse when you're feeling anxious and you're looking around the gym, you can't find what you need. And you feel you like feel your like anxiety is showing. Anything. Yes, exactly. You feel like a deer although, in although no one's probably noticing you doing that, you start to feel hot and sweaty and you're looking around like everyone knows that I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. That takes one level of anxiety out by doing that for sure. I agree. And even another thing, I actually put a post up on this the other week, but like reading the instructional information on machines. Mm. Most machines and like the companies they come from have a little like poster type thing on there that says, hey, this is for these muscle groups. This is what it's called. This is how you use it. If you need something more visual to watch, uh, there's many videos on YouTube or elsewhere. If you just Mm. typed in 
how to use a assisted chin-up machine. Mm. You could watch a quick demo on YouTube of someone being like, hey, this is how you do it. You know what I mean? So don't yeah. be afraid if you don't know how to do something or just ask one of the gym staff, hey, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never used this machine before. Yeah. Can you show me? And I know that's hard to do sometimes. That can be quite nerve-wracking to have to go do that. But that's what they're there for. They're happy to help. Mm-hmm. Like, they know the gym inside out. And if you yep. said, hey, can you show me how to use this? Sure, they'd be more than happy to. I think there's no shame in asking. You're better yes. off asking than trying to do it if you don't know what you're doing. And exactly, then, you know, you exactly. could risk hurting yourself and stuff. So I think... Exactly. Yeah, I think it's just a big mindset shift and until you get like used to it and you get into the habit of going, it can feel really, really daunting. And even things like what we've done, like going to the gym together, like if you can find a friend who you can find a similar schedule, it doesn't have to mean every day you have to go together. Like we can't align that. Most people couldn't align that all the time. But having someone that maybe just once on the weekend you go. Mm. Or maybe you go on the weekend for the first couple of times when it's a bit quieter, like the middle of a Sunday or something that's really quiet. You know, like pick your timing if if you can to start. Yeah, when do you feel like it's the most quiet? Definitely like during the middle of the day by all means, but a lot of people might be working and things at that time. I'd probably recommend if you were working, say like a nine to five schedule, typically the morning before that and the afternoon before that are like your peak times. Depends Mm. on the gym, of course. But between say like a... 5.30 5.30 till 7 and uh, maybe 4 till 5.30, 6 o'clock, maybe yeah. even a little bit later or probably like your peak gym time. So if even just for your first couple of sessions, you can avoid those times, I definitely recommend that just to get comfortable. If you can't, you can still make that work. But I feel like even like on a middle of a Sunday or a, like Saturday. I love a Sunday. Session. A Friday, Saturday or a Sunday night. Quiet. You know, Sundays kind of like are so quiet. Yeah, we went the other week on a Sunday and it was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so I think picking your timing, even if it's for your first handful of times, I know you don't. People might not always want to go on a Sunday. Yeah. But if you could do that a couple of times while you get comfortable, definitely would recommend that. And also, it might seem like an obvious one, but doing classes, I think. Yeah. Even if you're doing, say, like classes on the gym floor or like group training, like say F45 or something like that. Like at least yeah. that stuff gets you familiar with different exercises. And For sure. And just being in that setting around different people, the staff, all that sort of stuff. But I feel like there's also a big difference between doing like say F45 kind of training versus like going to the gym on your own and setting up your own workout. Because... They're, they're going to be different things as we are talking about with the programming. You're not necessarily going to be ticking all the boxes as far as all your movement patterns, things like that. Yeah. But as I've said, there's many different types of exercise for everyone and enjoyment yep. is a big part of that. 100%. So that also comes into play. So if someone's wanting to get a program written for them, what are some questions that they should ask the personal trainer? I think kind of like we've touched on, maybe talking about like how they program. So like, you know, what they would ask you as far as like what you want to achieve. Like you want to make sure that they're, if this is like a customized program, that they're customizing it to you. Mm. So like, are they asking you, what your goals are, what you're training towards. I like to, if I can, do... Even I do this virtually if I can't do it face-to-face if someone wasn't, you know, local. But doing, like, a movement screening. We're really big, especially in body coaching in our gym, of, like, movement screenings, and I did this with yourself as well, to see through all your major movement patterns and joints how they move, where Mm -hmm. you're lacking, what we can work on there. So that's really important, that your coach can have an understanding of how you're moving and how they're going to individualize it for Mm you. Mm Because a customized program needs to be customized to you not just made up for you if that makes sense so I guess asking kind of how they go about that process is important and even just how they program if they if you get a say in that like I like to ask people you know how many days are you training would do you prefer a full body session do you prefer an upper body Mm. lower body day and it kind of depends how many days they're training like Mm. for yourself for example you're just doing the two days of training because you're doing a lot of your running stuff as well so we tend to do more of a full body two days so you're getting you're hitting more muscle groups more often 
instead of just doing upper body once a week and lower body once a week, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. So that all comes into it. If like nutrition is something you're looking for, I'd definitely be asking about their principles to do with nutrition because there's a lot of different perspectives on nutrition and making sure that's something that aligns with you. And also just making sure that the coach themselves aligns with you. Like mm-hmm. anything, like when you go see a psychologist, like you've got to have someone that you can mesh with. So mm-hmm. that's also important to it. If you feel like your coach individually you're not meshing with, that's fine. There's plenty mm-hmm. of trainers out there. Seek out someone who kind of meshes with your personal kind of beliefs and values more. I completely agree. So I wanted to give some advice for people who are maybe aspiring to be a personal trainer. What tips do you have for them and how can you get into the industry? So getting into the industry is definitely the easy part of that. Mm. Um, as far as becoming a personal trainer, you need your certificate three, which is your group fitness and your certificate four, which is more your one-on-one personal training um, certificate certifications. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which you could do like at a TAFE or online and things like that. Um, I definitely recommend doing a more face-to-face version of that. So you can have more, you'll get more out of that. I know I did an online version and I felt like, I'm the sort of person who's a very practical face-to-face hands-on kind of learner Mm. so I feel like I definitely give that as a tip but more than that I think when it comes to being a personal trainer your professional and I guess personal growth and development is the most important thing Mm. where you start as a trainer like when I look back at my knowledge when I first started and when I was programming versus now there is a big big difference and that's okay because obviously as a beginner there's only so much you know yeah but you've got to be seeking that out whether that's courses, there's like plenty of little courses out there. Looking for like mentors in the industry, I think is huge. So if there's someone that you like their style of training, you might even sign up for one of their programs or get trained by them. Mm. Like there's nothing wrong with a personal trainer having a personal trainer and finding someone whose values align with you, similar to what we're talking about if you're new and wanting a trainer. Yeah. But having like someone who's a mentor who can help you. So I feel like in many workplaces that I've worked, I've had people who've helped mentor me like working I started my personal training side of my career at vision personal training so I learned a lot in through their systems for like exercise prescription and like how to do exercises correctly the technique side of things a lot so I think that's really important as well because it's Mm. the kind of industry where you can work for yourself and a lot of people do work for themselves but you've got to have other outlets to learn more yeah otherwise working for yourself becomes very boring and tedious when you're programming the same things because you don't have a big array of like exercises that you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of coaches fall into the trap of every client having the same type of program or not knowing where to progress movements. And it gets very repetitive for both the coach and the client. The client probably finds it very repetitive, but imagine coaching the same type of session day in and day out for years straight, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a huge thing. And even looking at like what little tools you can tie into that. So I'm not saying you need to go out and do a nutrition degree, but there's nutrition short courses you could do. There's, you know, I did my Pilates mat work course and the things I learned for that that have tied into my personal training is huge. Yeah. And that one was never my intention. I just enjoyed Pilates and wanted to coach it. But like, there's just so much to learn out there. So my biggest tip yeah. would be seek more learning. How do you keep learning at the moment? Like what kind of things do you do? My biggest thing I think is learning through others. I yeah. think number one, whether that's your workplace, as I said, like getting a trainer yourself, things like that, mm. that's going to be number one. Um, there's plenty of like resources out resources out there as far as like other like through social media and things like that now. Yeah. But obviously you've got to sift through to find. I was gonna say that it's kind of hard because yes. there's so much on social media that yes. how do you know if it's reliable? Exactly. You've got to be finding a more like reputable source for sure. The more you learn, the more you can sift through that. Yeah. So I feel like for someone like me, I could watch a video on social media and kind of be like, you know, this is really good information or like 
might steer like steer clear of that type of thing yeah. but for someone who's beginning that's very hard mm. um and i think as well in the world of like hooks and trying to grab people in with videos it's very much like do this one exercise for a snatch waist you know it's like all that mm. kind of stuff so i think it's important to remember that a if someone's recommending one thing to fix one problem probably not going to happen yeah that doesn't sound very realistic and i think it's the same thing for a coach like when you're looking for someone like yeah. you want someone that's ticking all your boxes that aligns with all your values there's a lot more to it mm. so i think thinking with a real clear mind versus kind of jumping on a trend is really important there too yeah because there are trends i feel like so that go many around. and that's how people are getting reach and reaching more people you know all that sort of stuff so i can understand why people fall into that trap i really mm-hmm. get it and even when i'm planning my own content i'm trying to think you know how is this going to grab someone mm-hmm. but there's a difference between I don't want to say lying because that's that's probably too far of a stretch, but like making things a bit too exaggerated. Like if you're mm. saying like this is the only movement I do for this, like yeah, I'm sure that person behind the scenes is doing an array of core movements. You know yeah, what I mean? and nutrition's probably <laughs> playing yes, in exactly. as well. What's their whole lifestyle look like? There's a bigger picture in everything you see, obviously on social media. So yeah, um, yeah, I know yeah. it's a bit of a tangent, but no, that's yeah. a whole conversation itself. <laughs> yes. But pretty much to continue learning, you're saying that you yeah learn from others and yeah so personally I love like learning from others and mentors and obviously like seeking out courses so like I'm kind of I'm almost positive I'm gonna um do a reformer pilates course coming up soon I think I'm ready to jump into that world a bit more that's exciting advance my knowledge there but just always kind of being ready to chuck yourself out of your comfort zone to learn more too yeah and also working with your partner Matt so Jess's boyfriend (laughs) Matt is also a personal trainer and they have their business together and like obviously you learn so much from him so so much and like it's funny because you just bring so many different things to the table like I've taught him so many things to do with Pilates and that's aspect of things that he didn't know and as far as movement goes he is a nerd in the best sense of the word for like everything movement he's also dealt himself and with many clients with different injuries and things and he's um, he, the way his brain works is so amazing. Like the way that he can kind of help rehab people out of injuries alongside physios and things like that. The way he can, he's just like so in tune and so curious, I guess, when it comes to the yeah. world of like, you got to be so passionate about training. it. Yeah. Like he enjoys like a whole lot of body weight and gymnastics style training. We've dabbled in a bit of like the CrossFit type of training or Olympic lifting like there's just so many elements to yeah learning new exercises like as you said with the programming like you know it's not just not these unimportant but it's not just your squat your deadlift and your hip thrust and call it a day sort of thing yeah there's so much more to it so often like I'll be PTing someone and being like oh what's the movement he's doing over there and later on I'm like can you show me that that look cool and we'll like bring in new exercises yeah. together through things like that and even like he writes our group program for embodied so like I'm learning new things through there and vice versa. So we're both bringing different things to the table. Mm. And that goes to any gym. Like, you know, if you're working in a commercial gym, mm. there'll be plenty of other trainers there. And I think sometimes it can kind of become a bit of a competition because you're obviously getting clients out of the same sort of database or pool. But like, what can you learn from them? If you see something and you're like, that's weird. Like ask them why they're doing it, you know, ask yeah. questions. I feel like we're in a world of a lot of judgment sometimes. Like you can see something on social media or face-to-face in the gym and be like, that's definitely wrong, you know. Mm. Whereas instead it like ask someone why they're doing something. Yeah. You know, how come you loaded this like this? How come you did this movement like that? And see why they did it mm. and see what kind of reason they have for that. Because yeah. a lot of the times I've learned things when I've looked at something and been like, 
that's a weird way of doing that. Like, I don't know if they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then ask questions and be like, wow, that's so smart. They're learning it to do this, this, and this, Mm. you know? Mm. I guess that's a good thing as well by like starting in a gym where there's maybe lots of other trainers and stuff as well. You could like learn from all of them. Yes, exactly. And I definitely recommend that for someone new working somewhere where there are people to learn from. Thing I know when I first started, actually, I should probably touch on this. When I first started as a personal trainer, Mm. um, I started my own online business. This was years ago. So this is like before any of my businesses actually started. It was called Curves Coaching. (laughs) Really? I did not know this. (laughs) And it was, no, this this goes back. So when I kind of got in first into the one-on-one sort of space, I wanted to do one-on-one coaching online. Yeah. So I was working like three different jobs at the time. I was had just finished uni, like I had lots going on. So I was like, oh, like the online space. And this was before online coaching was a huge thing. Like now there's so many people releasing stuff. Yeah. But this was like when it was new and it was booming. Um, and so I had this like new online business called um, Curves Coaching. And to be fair, what I knew then versus what I knew now, as I said, you, you, you learn as you go. Mm. So being in like the online space before having face-to-face experience this is this is why I definitely recommend being in like a group setting when you're first learning things because I was working on my own with one-on-one clients that I'd never met face-to-face which is something that I love doing now Mm. but personally I love having a bit of a split between face-to-face clients and online clients because obviously working face-to-face with someone you can see physically what they're doing right in front of you there's constant communication whereas online is obviously a different process yeah. And when I was doing that before having the face-to-face PT experience, so that was like the first thing I did after becoming a, a PT, yeah. I hated it. Mm. Hated it. And as I said, it was a time when like online coaching was booming. Yeah. Like I would put ads out and get like 30 leads a week like yeah. that I was calling. I'd be signing up people left, right and center. Like it was a really popular business model not that it isn't now but obviously there's lots of them now it's a bit more of a saturated market now whereas it wasn't then yeah and as far as like a business or financial standpoint I was doing really well but I hated it Mm. absolutely hated it because there was no connection for me I was having like a zoom call with people and then they were just off on their own I didn't have enough knowledge on programming to enjoy where to develop versus the basics that I already knew and I needed to go and learn more Mm. and get more experience before I could bring myself into what I've developed today yeah, and having my own business and working for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like a lot of people go into PT and they're like, I want my own business, which is great. And I fully respect that and go yeah. for it, but learn first. Yes, I totally agree. And you and I often like talk about this, that like working for someone else um, gives you a level of freedom and then also working for yourself gives you another level yes. of freedom. Like there's pros and cons to both either definitely, way. Definitely. So I think working for someone else can teach you so much yes exactly right yeah even if your end goal is to then have your own business yeah I think it's like a good stepping stone in the right direction I feel like having your own business seems like this very exciting thing where you're on your own schedule and don't get me wrong there's plenty of perks that I do enjoy yeah but there's obviously a lot more to it and when they say like hey I quit my nine to five to work 24 7 that is no joke (laughs) yeah literally like my brain is on 24 7 I'll be sitting there leisurely on a Sunday afternoon being like oh wait did I do this I need to do this like you're never switched off and that can be very exhausting so but it's just like your passion like you just would be doing it anyway I feel like yes it's just what I I enjoy doing it any other way (laughs) yeah you know it's like you might as well get paid for it because I want to do it regardless no I couldn't agree more I wouldn't have it any other way but I definitely sometimes question my schedule because I think from the outside it's easy to see oh she's out for brunch on a weekday what the life but yeah literally what's she doing at you know 10 p.m when she should be in bed (laughs) yeah yeah 
So wait, when did you first become self-employed then? Like when did you go out on your own? Uh, if we count what I just discussed, yeah. that was like, I want to say like 2014, 2015. So wow, like so it's been nearly, what, eight years ago? And then and you then obviously did Embodied with start, Matt. Yeah, like, I didn't start Health Within Reach, which was before Embodied until, I want to say 2017. And then during the first COVID lockdown. In- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 2020 was when we really like established Embodied. Um, it was kind of online a bit first, given that we were in lockdown, like the first lockdown we had. And then um, after that, because Matt was working for another company at that stage too. And then he was like, no, I want to go all in with this business. And we were both kind of like, what's the point of us both individually working as PTs and having space when we could make something together? Like if we're paying rent and things like that for a space, mm. we may as well be putting it together, getting all the equipment we want. We both actually started in our parents' garage just because we both lived at home still. I trained in it the garage. the best. I miss that. I really do still It actually miss was that. really was fun. Fabulous. We'd have one day a week where you, me, and Jesse would yes. go and train in your garage. I miss that. It was it was amazing. I actually loved it. Me too. Um, and even just like because I was living there at the time, working from home, mm. especially like PT hours, I was getting up for like a 5.30 start. Mm. So I could just get up at like 5 o'clock or even quarter past 5. Just get walk dressed, downstairs. walk downstairs. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Um... And then as well, it helped us like budgeting wise too, because I bought kind of like half a gym setup that I had in my garage. Matt had half in his that we kind of got bits and pieces. We added over time, probably like a six month period in like the back end of the first kind of lot of lockdowns. And then when we found the right space, we could just bring it all together. Mm. And that's when Embodied was born and became more of like a physical place versus just like an online brand. How do you find working with your partner? Everyone asks me this all the time, you know, I... We love it. To be honest, we're very much two people working in the same space separately. Yeah. Like we're running our own PT businesses, although it's still under the same kind of banner. We have our own clientele and things like that. Um, And not that we ignore each other in our workplace because we really don't, but sometimes we could go a couple of hours without talking to each other. Mm. Like a lot of the time we have like client banter between all of us there and we're all chatting as a whole, but it's not like Matt and I are sitting there like talking all the time, like we're doing our own thing. Yeah. And at the end of it's the like block, you have your own clients each. Yes. Is that kind exactly. of how it is? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And we have like a group program where everyone comes together and it's very much like an embodied community mm. that everyone knows everyone and everyone chats to everyone. And I know Matt's clients and Matt knows my clients very well. Mm. And we've even coached each other's clients before, but we still kind of have our own databases. Mm. So although we're working in the same space, we're not really like telling each other what to do or how to do it or anything like that. Mm. And we help each other and give each other advice when we ask for it and whatnot. But it's still very separate. And I yeah. think I quite like that 
just for our own like sanity since we like live together and everything but no i i love it mm. i absolutely love it oh it's really quite nice to be in the same space all the time and kind yeah. of yeah and to have yeah. that like mutual passion as yes, well. Like, you yes, both exactly, love it. Exactly. It's very nice. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and I feel like we should chat a bit about Simply Daisy as well and like how that came about because that yeah. is obviously your other business. <laughs> but tell us what it is. Well, Simply Daisy is essentially an active wear kind of business, but it's focused on grip socks and accessories more for Pilates yeah. or like body weight style training. So we've got things like grip socks, of course, and a whole range of grip socks. And things like ankle weights, um, what else do we have? Sliders, um, mini bands, like booty band type things, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, targeted mainly at like your Pilates kind of need. Mm. So people who do reform of Pilates, your mat Pilates, like know like how important grip socks are. So you're not risking injuring yourself. And, you know, the other day I was at Pilates and my hands were so sweaty that I was like, I feel like I need grip socks in my hands because my feet get so sweaty, but they're mm. in grip socks, so I'm not sliding. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that that's the goal. Maybe that's what you so should make. hygiene, I know. I was like, gloves. Is this, does this need to be a thing? Is it a thing? I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I gloves seen it, for... but my hands were so sweaty. I was, like, sliding on there. It was gross. <laughs> I kind of agree, you know, when you're yeah. doing, like, the planks. The same principle. It's Literally. Just your hands, like, your feet. Yeah, and you're I guess using your hands plenty. Well, I mean, I think you're onto something the there. There you go, trademark that. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool the other day because you saw somebody wearing your socks at the gym. Oh didn't yes, you? I went to a reformer class. It was just, it was so beautiful. It was like a really touching moment. Um, I saw the girl in front of me. I was like mid session, so it wasn't even like I'd noticed. I'd probably been behind this girl for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and I looked down at her feet and was like, "They're my socks." She's wearing simply Daisy socks. And it was just such, like, a sweet moment. And at the end of the class, I was like, oh, like, I love your socks. Like, they're actually my brand. Like, do you like them? And I was, like, asking her about them and stuff. And it was just so touching. It was such a beautiful moment. And, yeah, it's so nice. Like, obviously, on the back end of, like, the systems, like, I see purchases come through and you know they're going somewhere. But to actually see someone wearing them, like, literally in front of you that you didn't, like, physically give them to is crazy. Like, in our, like, embodied gym all of my Pilates clients wear them because like I sell them in the gym and it's yeah, like, yeah, but you didn't know this exciting. girl. Exactly. And I physically give it to them, you know, whereas this was just some like strange, like stranger essentially that I didn't know at all. And it was so sweet. <laughs> That's the most like rewarding thing about yes. like, having, yes, it was very inspiring. Business. Yeah. Speaking of things that inspire yes. us, <laughs> well, it like motivates you and you're like, okay, this is yeah. why I do it. Like, this you is know, why people, I do what I do. People like it. People use it. Yeah. And she was like talking, you know, she's talking, cause you know, I've got like big heart grips on the socks and she was like, you know, yeah. these grips are so much bigger than the other ones. Like, I, they feel so sturdy. And just telling me, like, things oh. that I had, like, essentially designed the product to do. Yeah. And it was so nice to see someone being like, this is why I love it. And I'm like, well, that's why I designed it. Like, that's so exciting. Yeah, that's so nice. Okay, so I want to move on to asking you some common beginner questions. Yeah. I literally just went on chat GPT. So first of all, how do I use this equipment? I mean, that's kind of a hard question for you to answer right I now. I but... obviously that's very, like, vague. Yeah. But... If you don't know how to use a bit of equipment, like we touched on before, is there instructions on the machine itself? Yeah. Does it tell you what muscle group it's using? Does it give you a rundown on how to use it? Yeah. If it doesn't, maybe go on YouTube, look up whatever the machine or the Mm -hmm. the equipment is. How can I use it? Yeah. Another one is even just being aware of what other people are doing around you. Watch someone else use it. Yeah. Not to say that they'll necessarily be doing it perfectly or correctly, but that gives you a bit of an insight. Yeah, it gives you a bit of confidence. Ask questions. Ask someone at the gym. Yeah. Ask the staff, hey, this machine, I've never used it before. Yeah. What does it do? So don't be afraid to ask or search for yeah. the answers. Yeah. <laughs> what should I wear to the gym? Well, you active wear ideally. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything that's comfortable, whatever mm. you would like. 
-hmm. anything from a crop top to an oversized t-shirt shorts trackies whatever you're comfortable in Mm mm-hmm yeah, literally. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> Maybe some good shoes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yes. Actually, let's touch on footwear. Yeah. So I feel like, because this is a big topic in the industry for sure, because there's a lot of, I saw a post the other day actually where someone was like, make sure you're always wearing flat shoes, but there's also a time to not be wearing flat shoes. Mm. But I think, um, yes, investing in a good pair of shoes that are dedicated to the type of training you're doing. So yeah. for yourself, you've just got a new pair of running shoes mm. and that's going to be a very yeah. different pair of shoes than what you're necessarily doing your strength training in. Yes. Not to say you can't wear them for both. You can. But the ideal yeah. is that you might have something more flat-footed in the gym. I've been wearing my Connies recently. Yeah, a lot of people like to wear Converse's. But the at gym. the same time, if you can, even doing some stuff barefoot's really good. Yeah. Because you're actually getting to ground and dig your feet, say like a squat or a deadlift, being able to push into the ground. Um, but then it also comes to the flip. There's both sides of that because say we've talked about elevating your heels if you need more range in your ankles. Mm. If you've got joggers that have a bit of a heel, that could be helping you with your range. Whereas yeah. some people might be like, the, the hill's cheating because, you know, it's yeah. not flat. Yeah. But that actually True. is the same concept as elevating your hills. So if that's yeah. something that's needed, you might... They've actually got... Like, I know my Metcons, which are like a flat, more CrossFit-style shoe or kind of multi-purpose shoe, they come with a heel wedge that you can insert. Oh. So, like, if you were doing, like, an Olympic lift or you were doing, like, a squat and you wanted your heels elevated, yeah. you're supposed to insert that in. Right. So there's that side of things too. So I guess knowing what you need and not to say you need to get chunkier shoes if you need more range in your squats but um kind of just having something that is comfortable for the purpose that it's needed for what are your favorite activewear brands actually oh it varies i if you're looking for like a staple pair of tights or something that like fits and sits well i'm loving like lululemon and lorna jane for like a good quality pair of like tights or shorts what else am i loving i've just there's some really nice like as far as like aesthetic looking activewear that I literally just got from Lilo Active, I was mm. talking about, I'm loving that as well. Muscle Republic, the yep. singlets Muscle Republic, and the cut's really nice. I feel like it's always good to like invest in a couple of staple pieces. Yes. So like a pair of black tights, black shorts, yep. maybe black and white singlet, that sort of thing. Um, and then maybe like a couple of oversized t-shirts, but they're probably my go-tos at the moment. I love an oversized t-shirt. Yeah. I've been, been doing like the tuck at the back where you tuck yeah. it into oh, the yes. crop top. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think especially when you're doing like a booty day, it's kind of nice to, yeah. you know, be able to wear like an oversized t-shirt but not feel like you're drowning in it. Yes. And I feel like this is the perfect season for oversized t-shirts. Yeah. Because it's not too hot yet that you feel a bit sweaty in them. But then like it's not too cold. But you can also layers. like wear the oversized t-shirt and then strip off and then just wear a crop exactly. top. Exactly right. Yeah. Diverse. <laughs> okay. So how long should I spend at the gym? Oh, this is a good one. Look, it's going to vary from personal preference for sure. But I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to be there like at least an hour or it's not going to be effective. Yeah. You can get a good workout done in like 20 minutes, half an hour if, if you really like know what you're doing. Um, I would say personally for like a strength kind of workout, if you've got a warm up, say like four to five exercises in there and then like a bit of a cool down, 45 minutes would be like a nice average time. I'd say that you'd want to spend in the gym, maybe up to an hour. Yeah. You really don't, unless there's a purpose for it, need to be in there for like two hours or so, unless you get caught up chatting like we do. Um, (laughs) there's no like actual like purpose to doing that much volume. So obviously there's a time and place for everything depending on your goals. But I'd say 45 to an hour is like yeah. a rough guide. How long should you spend warming up? I will at least five minutes. Yeah. Anywhere okay. from like five to 10 minutes, I'd say, depending how many times you want to go through things or how many movements you want to do. But the yep. way I designed mine would probably be like at least five minutes. What's a suitable workout routine for me? I feel like that's vague as well. Ooh, but Very vague. I think first thing to that question is actually sitting down and writing some goals or like what you actually want to achieve out of your training. So whether it's like to help your running or yes. it's to get stronger or for your mental health, whatever it may be. 
and then maybe either seeking out someone to help you develop that program down that path yeah who aligns with that or searching online or however you want to search for the tools for that but kind of starting with like what you actually are looking for because there's so much out there you so like search on like tiktok or instagram like a workout you're going to get all sorts yeah so being able to narrow that down to kind of what you want or like even like specific exercises like if you get a bit more of an understanding of your movement patterns like horizontal pulling exercise and then come up with a couple that you could put in there that sort of thing Mm. that would be a good way to go about it too so kind of like knowing Mm. what you're after before you're even seeking it what's the proper form for exercises (laughs) <laughs> another another very vague question yeah sorry guys chat chat gbt gpt <laughs> look if i was working with someone one-on-one i could give you a very good answer if you said for this exact movement what do i work on i could yes. give you a very specific answer but as a whole i think when it comes to technique the best way to go about that is seeking out help from a professional whether that's an yeah. online coach personal trainer and that doesn't mean you need to work with them forever either you might do a cu- couple of casual sessions with a pt just to get your form tweak some things on a couple of the, like mm. main movements and then go practice it on your own, mm. Mm. you know, but seeking help is important when it comes to the technical side yeah. of things for sure. Especially if you've got any injuries or niggles you're working around as well. I think usually if something's hurting a lot, maybe that's not a good sign. Yes. Like if you're doing a deadlift and you're like, Back's oh, hurting. my back is sore. Great. Probably not what you're after. Probably not to not. say you can't brace a little bit, but like, you know, yeah, that is a leg exercise. <laughs> yeah. That's a sign that maybe the form's off a little bit or if you're not feeling the exercise where you should be feeling it yes sometimes that happens with me and i'm like to you jess i'm like not feeling this muscle and then you'll just give me a slight little tweak and then i'll feel it in the right muscle like with the setup of your deadlift where we were like just setting you up slightly leaning back that little bit more so you're set further back and you have me switched on straight away see that's something that you've really helped and i feel like that's more yes you could find that tip online somewhere but it'd be hard to find that something so specific where and a coach would see that bodies better. are different as well. Like, yeah. you know, someone might have longer legs or yes. um, knocked knees or something yeah. like that. And that yeah. you need to make little alterations for that. Yes, exactly um, right. And a professional can obviously Hence what we'll talk about with that. the movement screening too, being able to see what you individually need. Yeah. Yes. How often should I work out? So this is going to come down to what's realistic for you and what your goals are as a whole. You could work out once a week and still see some results and you're doing well. Mm. It depends what you can fit into your week. I designed the back to the basics program around three full body days. I like to do full body days for if it's like say three or less days typically. So as I said before, you can get more volume of all the body parts in. So you might hit the same muscle groups repetitively Mm. throughout those sessions, but you've got to see what's realistic in your week. So some people might want to train four to five days a week, but you don't have to train that to see results. I personally will do anything from, at the moment with my Pilates in there too, two to three days of strength training at best in a week yeah, and no more. Even when I wasn't doing the Pilates, I was typically most weeks doing three days a week because that's what fit into my routine. Yeah. And still seeing great results through my training. It's just being consistent, isn't it? Exactly right. Consistency is so much more important than how many days you're doing. Because if you're like, I want to do five days every week, but that only happens once a month and then you get so overwhelmed that you only do one or two days in between, that defeats the purpose. Whereas if you did three days repetitively all the time or most of the time. This isn't a question that I've got here, but can you chat a little bit about the benefits of doing the same exercises every single week for a consistent period of time and like what the difference is from doing that versus changing up your exercises constantly? Because I think... That's a really good point. I always thought it's good to change things up, like you're working absolutely everything, and I just thought that that was the best way to train. But I've learned from you that it's not necessarily the most effective way to see progress. Yeah, yeah. So there's a balance here for sure. 
So like we like to talk about with um, how often you would change your program, I tend to stick to it. Everyone's different depending on what their goals are. If someone was really strength-driven or had a certain PB to hit or something like that, this might be a bit different. But having, say, four to six weeks where you would do one block of training, mm-hmm. you can tweak little things in there, but your main movements will stay the same. Yeah. So something, say, like a squat, a deadlift, a bench press, an overhead press, whatever it might be, to see progression, you need to be doing that same movement, say, weekly or in a certain range of time to be able to increase your weights, increase your, uh, make it slower work on your Mm. tempo, your reps, whatever the progression might be, Mm. you need to be doing it repetitively. If you squatted, say, today, and you didn't squat again for another six weeks, you probably will struggle to even do the weight you did today. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yes, you're using the same muscles in other ways, but you're not going to see progression unless you're repeating it. And as you've now known with the program you're doing, so say a squat, I feel like a squat's always a good example. You might do a 40 kilo squat one week. And the next week you might be like, oh, maybe for my last set or two, I might be able to push it to a 42 and a half. Mm. Then the next week you might be able to push it to 45. Then the next week you might stay the same. And the last week you might hit 47 and a half. And you've hit seven and a half kilo PB on what you started. Yeah. And you can see from point A to B what your progression is. Yeah. And then at the end of that four to six weeks, you're probably like, hey, I'm ready for a bit more variety as far as the enjoyment side of things. And your body yeah. might be even just ready to do some different things. And then you might progress that to something. Mm. You might still do a squatting variation, but it might be a front squat or you just change the variation a bit. So you're still hitting the same patterns, but in different ways. But I find four to six weeks is a good amount of time that by that four to six week mark, you've seen that progress from where you started. I think that realization can make things a lot less intimidating for people as well with the gym because you don't have to think, oh, I think need to think of a whole new like exercise routine every single time I come to the gym. Because that's what I always thought. I'm like, how do I make this different? It's like, and I think I didn't think like, I could do the same thing. Yeah. From like a confidence and like anxiety perspective, having something that then you're repeating. So yeah. you're like, oh, I remember this. And you can work on your technique each time. The better you get at it, the more you'll be able to work on your technique. You might yeah. film yourself and be able to tweak some things or see some things that you can work on and actually better the movement as well mm-hmm. and feel more confident each week in the movement that by the time you're getting to the last couple of weeks, you're like, I want to push it. Whereas when you're starting, you probably just want to get comfortable with the movement and not push it. You don't want it too heavy. Yeah. Whereas your last time you do that movement of that block, you might be like, okay, let's see how I can really push this. You know what I mean? You're getting more yeah. confidence in that movement as well. Do you feel like it's better to do um, lots of reps, but like not as much weight or less reps with a lot of weight? I feel like there's a time and place for both. Of I course, was going to say that, yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people fall into the high rep trap, especially what I see on social media. Everyone's like, I'm doing 12, I'm doing 15. And personally, not often do I do 12s or 15s. If you're working on a strength goal, you need to have some time in anywhere from like a three to five rep range. Mm. That's how you can really load up your bar or whatever you're loading to see some strength goals. There's different ways to progress things outside of reps and weight, but they're obviously your two main factors that will come into that. I like to program your main lift or two at a lower rep range because that's where you're going to use most of your energy and your like physical demand yeah. to say if you were doing a deadlift to start off with mm. um say you were doing sets of fives yeah but then when you're getting to like the second half of your session you might have a, a super set of like a row and a overhead press or something mm. where you're doing a 10 to 12 range because that's mm. kind of a lighter less demanding movement versus or like an isolation mm. movement that's not is just targeting one muscle group you could kind of burn that out with a higher rep range. Yeah. So anyone who does Pilates would understand this kind of like high rep burn. Yeah. But like Mm. there's certain things you want to do that with, but you want to play around with both. Yeah. So it's working on different things as well. Like you going lower rep is going to be working on your strength and loading up 
that movement or making it slower or whatever that might look like mm. to progress it. Mm. Whereas your higher rep range will be more working on like hypertrophy and like uh, the intensity and how like how long you could push that for versus like how heavy you could push that. So both is really the answer, but yeah. for different reasons. And also you touched on just then main lifts. That's another thing that I've learned from you is that you can have like a main lift and then like accessory exercises yes. as well, which yeah. I never understood when I was, I guess, programming myself. I just chuck in a bunch of exercises, which kind of probably were all main lifts really. Yeah. I well, I see a lot of that on social media as well, where someone might start, Hey, we're deadlifting. Now we're going into a squat. Now we're doing a barbell lunge. Now we're doing a hip thrust. Yeah. And depending how you're programming that, if you were doing say your first two movements, as we said at that, like three to maybe even eight rep range, and then you were doing like a 10 or a 12 for something later on, you could probably find that the main the main lift will still be your heavier one and you could yeah. do a lighter barbell movement. Yeah. But if you're chucking in like a hundred and something kilo hip thrust at the back end of your session, you're probably going to be pretty gassed from your stuff early on. Mm. That's why I like to have my first either one movement on its own or my first superset is like my main focus of that like day. Mm. So even we've done that with your chin up, like if that's what you're wanting to work on the most, so one of your main goals was you're like trying to reach your body weight chin up. So we've had your chin up first. So you're using as much of your energy there as you can for that movement. Yeah. And getting the most out of that movement and then kind of backing it off as the session goes on. So the last thing you finish with should be like your probably least intensity or like least demand on your body. Yep. There you go, guys. If you're trying to like plan your session, that's a good way to think about it. Because I think people always think more is better, but that's not always the case. And that could be more weight. Versus yeah. more reps. <laughs> so what is an accessory exercise then? Something that's just using one or few muscle groups. Um, so say like a tricep extension. Right. Or say that's just literally targeting your triceps. A bicep curl. So that's like a more isolating a set muscle group. Whereas like a compound movement would be say a squat. You're mm. using your quads. You're using your hamstrings, your glute. Your calves would come into it. There's a lot more that you're working. So yeah. most barbell movements would be more of a compound movement. I was going to say, I actually don't know like what are, like what yeah. examples are So your main are lifts are typically compound. your compound movement. And I'd definitely be starting your session with your compound movements. Yeah. And then going into more accessory or less intense things after that. Oh, there you go. Mm. There you go. So barbell, barbell exercises are often. Typically, yes. Typically, yes. yes. Gotcha. Okay. Back to the actual beginner questions. <laughs> What should I eat before and after a workout? Oh, this is a goodie. So personal preference is going to come into this. Yep. Depending on the time you train, some people get up at the crack of dawn and train and couldn't think of stomaching anything. Yeah. I like to think of it as a bit of a window around your session as a whole. So if you were getting up really early and you didn't want to eat first thing, you might have a little snack. I definitely recommend trying to get something in because I like to even just have like a muesli bar or something, piece of fruit before, mm. just so you've got some energy. Mm-hmm. But some people wouldn't even stomach that. Yeah, I, but if you're depends really. Yeah, exactly. Me. And I didn't used to train eat before I trained. To be honest yeah. with you, whereas now I do more so because I feel like <laughs> what I'm doing is more physically demanding. Yeah. But um, if you can't get something in beforehand, it's, once you finish, make sure within the hour of you finishing training, you're getting in a decent yeah. meal meal Big to refuel that. Yeah. Yep. Or if you're training a bit later or you have time beforehand, getting a meal or a decent snack in beforehand. Mm. Um, getting a good carb source for energy beforehand is important. Yeah. And also getting in some protein around your training time for muscle recovery is important too. Yes. Now, protein is one of those things where it's a bit like hyped as well in the sense that as long as you're getting a good amount of protein in the whole day, mm. I'm not too fussed on it. It has to be within an hour of this or like it has to, you know. Yeah, I don't understand that. I think a lot of people, because they used to be like people yeah. would have their protein shake ready the second they leave the gym and drink it in the car on the way home. Yeah. It doesn't need to be to that intensity unless you want to do that. 
Yeah. But trying to get some protein in to refuel around your session time and getting a good carb source in as energy is really important there too. So they're the things I'd be focusing on. So a piece of fruit could give you a good carb source, something on toast, or even just a whole meal that includes your three macronutrients, getting in your carbs, protein, and your fats in one, Mm -hmm. depending what your personal preference is as far as like how much and at what time you want to eat that. Mm. There's definitely no be all or end all there. Yeah. Perfect. So what makes you feel your best while you're training, essentially? Mm-hmm. So how do I warm up and cool down properly? You did kind of touch on this yeah. before, but did you want to talk about cooling down maybe? Because I feel yeah. like you talked about warming up. Yeah. So as a summary for warming up, as I said, like looking at what you are doing, especially in your main movement and how you can warm up those joints and those muscle groups. If there's anything that you find that you're tight or lacking mobility in, especially with those. So for yourself, for example, with the squats, we've been working on your ankle range and through your groin was quite tight as well. So the two mm. things we're kind of focusing on, mm. just as an example. So movements that are going to help those. Yeah. Um, as a cool down, I definitely put a lot more emphasis on my warm up and mobilizing for my warm up. Mm. Um, a cool down can be a variety of things for people. Um, a static stretch. So more of just like a, how do I describe a static stretch? It's just lengthening muscles essentially in a, static or still way so like a um you could do like a lateral line stretch getting a nice stretch opening up like the latin side of your body um a glute stretch like a pigeon pose or things like that where you're like holding a stretch Mm. is a nice way to warm down you're just lengthening the muscles that you were using yeah um or even if someone wanted to do cardio like a little bit of cardio at the end of their session doing that as a bit of a cool obviously you'll be warm while you're doing it but as a cool down as a whole is a nice way to go i definitely recommend doing that at the end versus the beginning of your session um yeah more you don't want to wear yourself out with your cardio before you... If, if your goal is, like, to be progressing your strength movements... Right. If you want to walk on the treadmill just to, like, get a little bit warm, say it's a winter's morning, you just want to warm physically up a little bit before your more mobilizing warm-up. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. But if you want to, like, add a run-on or add something a bit more intense or even go on the Stairmaster, things like that, where you're, like, getting your heart rate up and really kind of wearing yourself out, mm. I definitely recommend that to the end so you're not taking away from your strength progress, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but more of a static or like um, holding a stretch would be better after a uh, workout. Yes. How can I track my progress? Um, this could vary. If you're like got a program, so for example, with my Back to the Basics program, it has like an app where you can fill things in and the next time it will bring up what you did so you know you're progressing, etc. But this could be as basic as just writing in your notes. Mm. This is the exercise I did. This is how many reps, sets I did. Yeah. This is what weight I use for each set. And you could even leave yourself a note like, you know, this felt really challenging or next time I could go up or whatever that might look like. And but video yourself. Yep, and video yourself is really handy too to yeah. be able to see your progress over time. What supplements should I take? Ooh, um, when it comes to supplements, there's a lot of like obviously individualized advice there. And I don't want to go into that or give specific like medical style recommendations. Mm. But protein powders are goodie for most people who are struggling to get protein in. Mm. At the end of the day, a supplement is something that supplements your diet. So if you're getting it in your diet, you don't need to take it in supplement form. So if you're eating plenty of protein, probably don't need protein powder. Yeah. But if you'd like to add some more and you feel like you could get more in throughout your day and you're not necessarily hitting enough to reach your goals of strength or whatever it might be, that's always a great one. As far as supplements that are well-researched, creatines had some good research in helping muscle gain or muscle growth. Um, What that does is it helps you retain water, which helps Mm. with muscle growth. Mm. Um, so that can be a good one that's actually got some good scientific backing you just have to take it every day though if you're going to because yes, apparently if yes. you don't have it every day it's like and there's almost no even point. kind of building up i don't want to say a tolerance to it but like when you first can take it it can because it's holding liquid it can yeah you can gain a slight amount of weight and that's literally just water and yeah. like you could i felt a little bit like 
um, you can feel a bit gassy. Kind of, yeah. Um, but that, I even that, felt a bit nauseous. Yes, yeah, same actually. Not terribly, but just a little yeah, bit. But I, got I think very much look at what the recommended advice is and maybe have a quarter to start or a half yeah. start and build that up. Um, but that it's, it's very much do your research if you think it's for you because it doesn't need to be for everyone. And I think a lot of times supplements can end up being something people waste a lot of money on. Um, or very expensive we if they don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're probably my main two that <laughs> I think about. It's a very expensive we. <laughs> Literally though. Because, because you just pee it out. Especially when it comes to like multivitamins, especially like our water-soluble vitamins. Quite literally, if you don't need them yeah. in your body, you will just wee them out. I don't know if you ever yes, went to toilet and your wee is bright coloured a lot of the time from like supplements. Have you ever had that? Well, yeah, but I yeah. didn't know it was because you had that, too that's much. That's not necessarily saying that's too much. Sometimes it's like literally like the color on the tablets and stuff. Going yeah. Like sometimes that's an external thing. But literally that's where it's excreted. So if you don't yeah. need it, it's going to go right through you and you're essentially paying for it to go in the toilet. Literally. That's very, very true. <laughs> so 100%. yeah, I think kind of see if it's something you need. Also, like when it comes to actual like vitamins, minerals, stuff like that, like go seek guidance from like a dietitian or um go to a gp to get a blood test done or something where that will give you like actual literal numbers yeah. of things so if you're like hey do i need iron or do i need this like get a blood test so it can quite literally say like yes you're low or no it's looking good yeah um another one that can be really good for training again if you needed it was um magnesium mm. that can really help with muscle recovery muscle soreness especially for someone who's new to training or you'd know yourself when you kind of start a new training block when you'll be like introducing new exercises. Yeah. It's not uncommon to get a little bit tender. Now there's a difference between like I can't walk out of the gym and being a bit achy the next day. And that will obviously get better over time, but that can help with muscle recovery as well. Yeah. But then recovery will also encompass many things like sleep and stress and so many things that have absolutely nothing to do with supplements that are more important. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other thing as well. I was going to ask, what do you do when you get sore? So I guess that's like... Yes, magnesium, stretch, use the muscles that you've been working. Yep. So if your like, legs are really sore, maybe go for a light walk. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of the time if we're sore, we just want to curl up in a ball. But that yep. lack of movement or tightness will just make them tighten up even further. Uh-huh. And then... We've got, how can I avoid gym intimidation? A big one that we like to use is headphones in. Mm. You're in your own little bubble, yep. put your headphones in. Like, there's lots of things to say as far as, like, you know, people aren't actually watching you and they feel like you're watching you. Like, you know, positive self-talk, remembering that is important. But that's easier said than done when you're in there. Yeah. And I can understand that. But I think a lot of the time, finding, like you said, alternatives to, if there's a busy area in the gym, can you grab a barbell and take it elsewhere. Yeah. Can you just use a dumbbell for this one today? Just until you get comfortable. I think once you get comfortable in time, you realize that you're paying a gym membership just like everyone else and you have just as much right to be anywhere in that gym. Mm -hmm. So once you get comfortable, it's very easy to go, hey, there's a little bench in the corner amongst all those people. I'm going to go use it. Yeah. But to start off with, you might do an exercise lying on the floor instead of lying on your back. You could do a floor press instead of a dumbbell bench press on a bench. Yeah. Things like that. But I think it's just working yourself up to where you feel comfortable asking questions when you need to and doing those things we spoke about earlier to kind of help you with your confidence yeah music's a good one though just yeah. block out the world and you're Seriously, in your own little one yes turn you know. it up no one's and you really feel like it though you put music in and it's just so therapeutic yeah like it just calms you down as well as like blocking other things out yeah and what you're listening to of course but yeah yeah literally a murder <laughs> podcast yeah. Like. so i feel like we've touched on heaps of like the beginner questions and just your experience with being a PT and how you became a PT, but obviously you're a nutritionist as well. And like we were saying earlier, your main goal is to make 
health within reach, like your name, literally, (laughs) make it achievable. And obviously food and cooking is a big thing that comes into that. So what are some ways that you like to make cooking easy? Because I know you are very passionate about cooking. (laughs) Most of the time, I love my cooking, exactly right. Um, I think, as you said, quite like making it as easy as you can. So my kind of whole philosophy when it comes to nutrition is traditional meals made a little bit healthier so having maybe some like healthier ingredients in there Mm -hmm. and making things quick like food's there to be enjoyed like it's fuel and it's there to be enjoyed so i think a lot of the time people are trying to cut things out Mm. like think about what you can swap or add to increase your nutrition in your meal Mm. it's like adding more veg to things and things like that versus like i can't have any carbs or i need to have less of this like kind of making your meal tick all the boxes yeah. So like I'm a big advocate for like making sure you're getting in your like good healthy fats. I hate the word good, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. your your um mono and polyunsaturated fats and your like omegas and things like that. Yeah. So like adding say some seeds, avocado, like fatty fish, those sort of things. Um like are you ticking the boxes getting some vegetables in? Like it's mm-hmm. so easy. We every single week without fail we'll buy like a bag of spinach, um a bag of grated carrot, like you know, um I'm a big fan of like bok choy zucchini broccoli cauliflower we have like all of these things not to say i put them in every meal but like that you just scatter throughout your week so find like what veggies you enjoy because if you're making a fried rice why can't it have you know three Mm. or four five different vegetables in it yeah you know what i mean and it still can taste delicious you can still have a nice marinade in there and all that sort of stuff literally you can tick the boxes of getting you know all of your macronutrients in there Mm. and you're getting plenty of vitamins and minerals in there too i love the idea i look at it um, what can I add instead of what I can take away? Yes. Because I think that with people trying to eat healthily, they can often think that they need to eat less in exactly. a way. Exactly. And it's not necessarily about eating more or less, but it's like eating more of the right things and it's like yes. adding more things. You know what I mean? And I think on that point, like a lot of these foods are you can have in a higher volume and a lower calorie or energy per yeah. se that you end up eating less or like like calories, I guess, or you're actually not, even though you're eating heaps more, you're probably not adding on calories per se to what you were having before yeah. because you're adding volume of lower, more high nutrient dense foods, if yeah. that makes sense. So I feel like a lot of people kind of go down the like looking for the next diet path or the next like thing that's going to tickle their boxes or fix all their problems. But I think if you can look at finding enjoyment in your food, how you can enjoy your eating while adding some nutrient-dense foods in there. So you're getting like food in from a health perspective, but you're also eating foods you enjoy. Yeah. There's nothing worse than making this big healthy meal and sitting there like every mouthful being like, gross, I don't want to eat this. Or smelling someone else's food and being like, that would be mm. delicious. Or thinking, hey, I'd rather have Uber Eats. Mm. Like, why don't you make your meal one of those meals that everybody's jealous of mm. and has so much flavor and like enjoyable stuff in there mm. that like homemade pizzas like there's so many things in that like in your repertoire that you could make that could be filled with so much enjoyment like i think people have lost the sense sometimes of enjoying food but like you're allowed to use sauces marinades flavors like things to make your food enjoyable like what's your favorite takeaway and can you sometimes make that yourself like actually kind of putting a spin on it to make it fun for yourself instead of feeling like a chore Mm. i think that's the way i like to view it yeah i think if you're unhappy with what you're eating, even if it's, you know, helping you lose weight or whatever your goal might be, it's not going to be sustainable long term. And yeah. a lot of people, statistics actually show that when it comes to weight loss, at least, that people tend to put on twofold what they lost 
because they're doing such strict things or things they don't enjoy that when they bounce back or go back to their normal eating, they actually are gaining more weight than they lost in the first place. Mm. So I think it's really important to just look at what you enjoy instead of trying to restrict and make things really strict that are not realistic. Yeah. Realistic nutrition goals is the main point there. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I feel like you summarized that really, really well. I think that is the that best. That is my view. <laughs> I think that's the best mindset to have for nutrition and just yeah. a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be restrictive. Health is meant to be enjoyed. And I yeah. feel like that's literally what you stand for. Exactly. And that comes back to the whole philosophy of what I said about like finding your own version of health. Yeah. With training, with nutrition, like what do you enjoy? <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Yeah. That can be ever-changing. That's the whole point of it being a lifestyle and something that you can carry on with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I love this chat. I feel like you shared <laughs> so many great tips, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. And if you're a beginner at the gym or if you're someone who already goes to the gym, I hope that this was inspiring and insightful. And, yeah, definitely check out Jess. I'll have all of her links in the show notes. Go ahead and plug yourself. Where can everyone find you? So, um, at Health Within Reach on Instagram and www.healthandreach.com.au is essentially the website that will tell you how you can Mm. find out more about everything. (laughs) Yes. So if you're wanting a program, head to the website, go check it out. And she's just launched the beginner program, which is it just for beginners or can people... No. I mean, yes, that was the target for sure in the first place. But I I ended up calling it back to the basics program. So it's very much for a beginner who wants to focus on the basics and beyond. Yeah. Or for someone who feels like they're struggling in the gym with making progress, um, don't feel like they've necessarily nailed the technique side of things or just aren't feeling confident in their training at the moment so that they can kind of get their focus back on the basics, ticking all the boxes with the movements that are kind of the fun- the fundamentals of your training. Mm-hmm. And then this program every four weeks progresses from there. Yeah. It will very much be progressing into more of an intermediate than advanced movements anyway in time. Yeah. And just so you guys know, you can do this from anywhere in the world. You don't have to be yes. like in Sydney and see Jess face to face. Although you can do that too for something <laughs> else. And it also starts like whenever you sign up. So there's no set start date. Like if you signed up today, you could start today. Yeah. Start next Monday. It's like you it, you plan it around when suits you. Yeah. And I can vouch that she is amazing. I Seriously, <laughs> you have made such an impact on me. And like it's been so amazing to see my progress as well because of your help I really like, literally that. and it's been really like inspiring watching your journey from that as well yeah <laughs> I mean I feel like my whole journey with fitness has changed so much like my mindset towards fitness a couple of years ago is completely different to now it used to be more of a chore whereas now it's like actually a hobby yeah. something I really I remember enjoy. having that chat literally like beginning of last year yeah yeah wait was and it last year yeah it yeah was. it was like the, the very beginning it was like yeah. new year I, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do and I think you've helped shift my mindset around it and then also help me know what to do at the gym yeah, as well. Yeah. So I and actually feel more you confident. Enjoy as well. Yeah. Like, and yeah. then as I've become more confident, I've enjoyed it more as well because yes. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't enjoy it in the past is because I felt yeah. unconfident and like I couldn't yeah. do certain and things. For most people, the confidence isn't there from day one. So no. it's like a progress over time thing and now you're feeling the back end of that and it's very rewarding. Exactly. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. If you have any particular questions for Jess, Send me a message or send Jess a message and maybe we can do another episode in the future. Sounds great. But I hope this inspired you and I'll speak to you in my next episode. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 